Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast, the bucket emptying episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Han, psychologist and parenting expert. And this week's listener's question is all about a four-year-old who's bright and intelligent, but keeps interrupting despite having been told how rude it is. So let's have a look at this. And actually, it might be a four-year-old, it might be a seven-year-old, it might be a 15-year-old. I just want to take you back a couple of steps for a minute. Sort of, I want you to think about this notion that we've told our four-year-old or whatever age child that actually interrupting is really not polite. It's, in fact, it's quite rude. And that might be enough for some children, but actually there'll be some reasons underlying why your child is interrupting. In fact, I was having a conversation with my sister just the other day. Now, we are both incredibly loud and we both are incredibly guilty of interrupting. We've always put it down to culture. You know, we're Egyptian, we've been in, you know, our family wasn't, there were three of us, so there were five in total in the family with my mum and dad, but we came from a really large family. So there was always culturally loads of noise, everyone trying to get their word in, and so there would there would be this element of interrupting and both my sister and I have been pulled up on it so often by friends, by our loved ones. I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes that can be a cultural, but sometimes actually it's rooted in other things. So these are the things that I want you to consider, the listener for this, with this particular four-year-old, but all of us to be thinking about when we've got children who might be interrupting. So our children are interrupting for a reason. We, they want our attention. So these are the things that I want you to consider in, the, in your particular situation as to whether this is, this is happening. So the first one is, is your child interrupting you because they are seeking your attention? So it's not that they're being attention-seeking. And remember that even if they are being attention-seeking, if we're parenting in the long term, if we're thinking about the adult that we're going to be raising, the resilient adult, we need to look for the, what's the feeling? What's the emotion behind the behaviour? Yes, interrupting is not necess- isn't societally deemed polite, it's deemed you know, impolite or rude, but what's the reason why they're doing it? Is it that actually they want our attention So if that is the case, can we reflect on how we are with them? Do they have a new sibling? And so they're vying for attention. Have they started school? And so they're feeling that they're missing out on things. What are the motives behind them seeking out that attention that we can address directly rather than necessarily looking at the fact that they're interrupting. Because when we're looking at these things, it's it's really, if we keep having a co- the same conversation, which I suspect the parent of this particular four-year-old feels that, that they are, they're banging their head against a brick wall, constantly saying, you mustn't interrupt, it's rude. How many times have I told you? But if we're trying to deal with that, which is at the surface level, but not really getting to the root cause, which is actually... I feel as if I'm not getting enough of your time or attention for whatever reason that might be. It may be legitimate. They've got a new sibling. They've started school. Life has changed in some particular way. And so they're actively trying to rebalance that. Or it could just be that they're feeling not terribly confident. They're feeling a bit insecure about things. And whilst we're giving them lots of time, they're still wanting more. It's it's looking at what are the things underneath because that... If we deal with that particular issue, if we deal with that concern, then it will naturally then resolve this sort of constantly interrupting. So it's really looking at it from that perspective. So if they're actively seeking our attention, what's the reason behind that? And then should we address that? So that's one way to look at it. 
The other way is actually just helping. If you've got a child who really struggles with their impulse control, so it's almost like I've got an idea, I've got a thought, and I need to tell you immediately, I can't pause. So rather than us looking at the issue from the perspective of why do they not get, why do they not just understand that this particular societal way of of managing things, and instead we look at if there's an attention thing, or actually maybe they just struggle with impulse control. They're just finding it really difficult to take that moment to pause. Then we can teach them a really great skill. It's a really, really good technique for this. And what we're doing is we're teaching them to alert us to the fact that they want to tell us something. And they can do that by touch. So I'm just going to sort of put my hand out. So what would then happen is, let's say they want to speak to us. And what would happen is that they would put their hand on our hand, on our shoulder, wherever it is, wherever they're able to, that means I want to tell you something. They don't say anything because we're going to help them learn this particular technique. This means I need to tell you something. Our hand on top of their hand is a, I recognize you need to tell me something and I will turn to you when I'm able to once I finish what it is that I'm dealing with. So you can see it's a really lovely way of teaching them impulse control because that need to say something can immediately be tempered with a, I've got something to say. And then ours is a, I know you've got something to say, but just hold on. So that's what we're teaching them. Now, if you want to go down that particular tack, because that really helps with the impulse control, is that you want to practice and you want to rehearse this at home multiple times. And the best way to do it is role play. And what I would suggest and I would recommend is if you've got a child who's really struggling with impulse control or just that they want your attention and they're really struggling to wait, is when you're practicing it at home, try and respond quickly at first and then make the distance between them. They put their hands on yours, you put your hand on there, but the 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 time that it then takes before you then turn to them and then say, yes, what is it? Starts off really being small, small, small. Because remember, if we're trying to teach, if they've got impulse control issues and they're really struggling to wait, we want to start rewarding that quickly so that they begin to learn very early on that A, the strategy works and B, that they'll be able to get their message across in not too long a time. And what we're then doing is we're trying to break the habit of blurt and instead create a new habit, which is, I want to tell you something. I know I'm now waiting. Now it's my turn and I'm going to tell you. So it's really role playing this at home. You know, decide to do it over a weekend, get you and your partner involved, maybe get their sibling involved, make it a really fun activity that you all do together that you just practice. Maybe you do it to them. And you put your hand on their hand. They then have to tell you, okay, I'm, I can hear. I, I know you want to talk to me. And then when they're ready, they then turn to you. So that what happens is it becomes a just a new habit of just saying, I, I want to tell you something, and I know that I have to wait my turn. So that's one way that that's really good. The other thing that you can try again, which just builds on that again, in terms of impulse control, control, but also this idea that conversations are about turn-taking, is you can pass around a wooden spoon or anything. Wooden spoon's a great one, but if you can come up with something else, and then use it. It doesn't matter what it is. But the idea is only the person who holds the wooden spoon can speak. So you would might play a, just a really a fun game at home where you just take it in turns to hold the wooden spoon, and then somebody might want to say something, but they have to wait. 
So maybe you decide, you know, we're going to talk, uh, have a conversation around Mickey Mouse and everyone can have a have a say, talk about what their favorite meal is or whatever it might be. But you can only speak when you have the wooden spoon in your hand. And so you can create rules around putting hands up, maybe putting a hand on someone else's hand, whatever it might be. It's about creating something that gives you the opportunity to teach, train and practice this notion of taking turns. So I hope that that answers the question and is helpful for all of you, because I think this is probably an issue that we all face quite regularly. If you have enjoyed this episode, you know what I'm going to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be eternally, eternally grateful. Gosh, I thought I was going to go into song then, but no. I'd be eternally grateful if you could follow, rate and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time, 